HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Hello, and welcome to Snacking Tunes. I'm one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. In today's episode, we sit down with Amir Nathan and Jordan Anderson, the co-owners of Sammy and Susu, the Mediterranean restaurant especially sore in the Lower East Side. In summer 2020, Sammy and Susu originally launched as a popular pop-up in Brooklyn and Manhattan, known for its vibrant dishes inspired by family recipes and history of regional cooking throughout the Mediterranean. We now sit down with the co-owners to talk about Sammy and Susu laying down roots in the Lower East Side and opening an all-day menu along with a pantry and deli. Then we dip into our archives for one of our all-time favorite performances from the Pizza Underground. So sit back, relax, and here's another episode of Snacky Tunes here on HRN. We talk about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, Snacky Tunes. Choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-
Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. On today's show, we have the co-owners, co-founders, best friends maybe, we'll find out, <laughs> of Sammy and Susu, Jordan Anderson, co-owner, executive chef, and Amir Nathan, who's co-owner and ops extraordinaire. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Hi, good to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, we're going to go back. Uh, we're going to go back a little bit to get a little background on both of you. Uh, Jordan, we'll start with you. Um, you started working in hospitality in high school, uh, working your way up. Um, what was your first job, and uh, how many dishes did you wash? <laughs> I actually worked in middle school before that, uh, so I started at a very young age. Uh, I washed a lot of dishes. I bust tables, um, and then. When I finally got into the kitchen, um, you know, I really enjoyed it. Um, I took a semester off from NYU, then I went back and I needed some money. So the only thing I kind of knew how to do was work in a kitchen. Do you remember the first dish that went out of the kitchen from your hands? Yeah, actually it was, um, it was a veal salt and boca, I remember. And it was just uh, pounded veal, you know, you fried it before service. Uh, then it was just, you know, sage and, uh, what is it? Sage and prosciutto, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Amir, how did you find your way into the hospitality industry? I also started at about 14. Um, I told my parents that I want to work in like this cool restaurant that everybody were going to in my hometown back in Israel. It was actually also an Italian restaurant. And I got a job as kind of like a barista and I worked there three days a week during uh, high school. Um, I remember the first time that I cleaned a bathroom, I was like, okay, this is how cleaning a bathroom, this is what it means. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just worked in restaurants ever since. Um, when I moved to New York, I moved here for school. And the first thing that I had to do and after I moved here was to find a job. So naturally, I went and find myself a job as a barista, actually, in a coffee shop. And I made my way through the ranks, you know, like I, after being a barista, I was a busboy, barback, bartender, bar manager, general manager, and so on. This is a question for both of you. The restaurant in industry and hospitality industry is not easy. And I think getting into it at a young age of 14, you definitely can see that it, you know it's a difficult road. What is it about it that kept both of you in and, and coming back to it and, and making a lifelong commitment to being a part of it? Uh, go first. Yeah, go. Um, I, I had a lot of fun when I was 14 because obviously... There were a lot of older people that have been doing it for a long time. Uh, yeah, so I was just, like, brought up by, you know, all these older guys who, you know, went out every night, you know, were drinking, all this stuff. And I just, I really thought it was a lot of fun, and I thought it was cool. Um, and I think once I, the second I realized I wanted to do it, I think, for a long term, was when I got into fine dining. Um, and for me, like, that's kind of what, you know, stuck me to, I think, cooking forever. Um, yeah, for me, I don't, I don't know. Something about serving food and beverages. It's just like something that I, you know, I used to help my grandmother always set the table. I used to, I still do like, you know, help my mom every time I go back home. You know, just like it's something that is always I, I do. You know, like with when there is food and drinks around, it's always like me kind of like serving it. <laughs> Unless I'm in a restaurant and ordering it, then I'm like trying to uh, not to, you know, try to be polite around uh, friends I'm hanging out with. But, uh, you know, but just... always, always silently critiquing. Uh... <laughs> Like, oh, I, well, maybe would have, are you open to feedback in real time? Uh, you, you two both found your way to Maison Premier, which um, they've been guests and there are people from there have been guests on the show a number, uh, number of times over the years. 
when did you both join and, and how did you two meet? And was it uh, love at first sight? Um, well, Amir was the uh, floor manager at Maison Premier for how long? For a year and a half. Yeah. And then I was brought on to do a like a pop-up project at the Highline Hotel. It was a summer thing. That was 2019. It was 2018. They offered me to be the general manager of that pop-up uh, summer restaurant. Jordan was brought in as well, in the beginning it was a sous chef right <laughs> i think a sous chef yeah and then and then we and then like we worked with this like insane guy i'm sorry if uh, i'm hope you editing it but like we worked with this guy who was the the uh the like the chef who was just an insane person and I at the beginning, like Jordan was on the week that Jordan was away, I kind of like pushed him out because he was <laughs> like just like everything just collapsed. And then like Jordan came back from his vacation and he was like the new head guy in the kitchen. And then Jordan and I just kind of like connected. Uh, it was a very hard summer. Uh, I mean, I worked at Maison Premier before that summer for a year and a half. And then I uh, continued to run, to open and operate that project for them. Um, and it was very, like, people don't understand how hard it is um, to operate summer restaurants. It's one what, of the hardest things in, in that you can do in the industry. What makes it so difficult? It, it's the... Uh, first of all, it's uh, weather dependent. So, like, you know, like, you can have rain out of nowhere or, you know, the, you know, staff, like, they don't have set shifts because of the weather or, you know. And then, like, also the staff itself, People don't have loyalty um, to stay with the company if they know that this job ends in like a couple of months. So the turnover was like just coming and going, and yeah, I remember was, I used to staff overstaff by three people, <laughs> just knowing that someone wasn't going to show up the next day, and you know, people when there's an expiration date on a project, no one kind yeah. of has loyalty or, you know, really cares about working there. They're kind of coming in for a paycheck. And if they have something that's a better job offer, you know, it's not two weeks, it's not one week. It's, you know, tomorrow there's a text message. It's just like not coming in. Sorry. <laughs> Best of luck. So yeah. um, I, it's, I know summer 2019 was hard, but I would also say that probably summer 2020 was a difficult time. No, we, we just like to suffer. So, you <laughs> know, every, so every summer we just make it too difficult for ourselves. Yeah. Oh, if it's not a world, if it's not like a global pandemic, uh, we'll we'll find something else, like opening a restaurant or you know. <laughs> uh, um, you two meet. Um, you survive the insane chef. Oh, where did the genesis for your pop up? come from because it started as a pop-up first now it's opening but where where did the idea come from um so you know um march 2020 everything kind of like shutting down <clears throat> um i helped my very dear friend yasin pentaleb who owns uh, 10 belts in the lower east side uh, to basically sell his cellar. Um, and I kind of like just, I was driving the car all over the city, like selling 10 bells wines. And then I was like, you know, maybe we can do some kind of like, maybe I can think about some kind of a way to deliver also food for people. And... Um, I called Jordan and I was like, hey, like, I think that, you know, we both are out of work. 
Um, like, why won't we just find a kitchen and start just selling like healthy, approachable food for people all over um, like wherever we can wherever we can deliver it. And I had a friend who owned a bar in Williamsburg that the kitchen the, the bar had a full kitchen and the bar was closed because of COVID. So we rented their kitchen and we did only delivery and pickup uh, from their bar. And, you know, we, before, before we decided exactly what we're going to do, I kind of like, you know, went into thinking about the concept of the food and like the... Uh, made this logo, found, like thought about the name, and uh, Jordan and I kind of like brought both of our family's recipes into the menu, and we kind of like decided that we wanted to be a Mediterranean uh, inspired um, menu with. You know, with like both of our family recipes representing um, certain dishes and things that we like, love to eat, also. And that's how it started. Amazing. Um, we are going to take a quick musical break and play a song from our archives, and then we'll be back here on Snacky Tunes on HRM. <laughs> California, California, thank you for your cloying aromas, your beautiful views, arroyas and lomas, who wants to wake up from so lovely a coma after the gold rush, after the gold rush. I know a man who walks in my neighborhood. He made beautiful songs, but he never so much, so much. Came too long after the gold rush. Then he fell in with people you don't trust. Now he can't pay for his own lunch. But I don't judge. Don't judge. At the cafe where I practice my Spanish, she asked me if I had an acne can manage. My mom's name is Janice. She's not why I'm manic. I'm good with a secret. I'm not naming names. But give me 10 minutes and things may have changed. Cala. California, California, thank you for your cloying aromas, your beautiful views, arroyos and lomas, who wants to wake up from so lovely a coma after the gold rush, after the gold rush, hand gripping the wheel on the freeway, young enough to sell, old enough to repay. Last minute flight was a couple hundred each way. I got a memory that's starring you. I need to replay. I heard you got a new main thing. I heard he shuffles, but he can't swing. The kind of guy to wear shorts to a funeral. But I'm going to stay composed like a movie cue. Under the surface, I'm batshit bananas. Our last minute chances and flashes of panic. Don't judge don't judge not too often i say what i really want much but california california thank you for your cloying aromas your beautiful views of royals and lomas who wants to wake up from so lovely a coma after the gold rush after the gold rush so Mir, you you mentioned that the recipes were full pulled from your family history. Jordan, I'm curious, uh, what were some of the gems that you pulled from grandma's recipe box that have now made it onto the menu? Well, I mean, at first, I think the genesis of the menu was Amir sending me a copy of what his idea was. Um, and it was kind of like not a consulting job for me, but kind of giving input. Um, and then after we kind of 
took off and Eater picked up on us and the New York Times did. It was kind of pretty blatant that I kind of needed to be there and have a lot more input. And, you know, I was having fun with it. So I was like, you know, can you curse on this or no? Yes. You can curse? You're like, yes. Yes. So I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like, fuck fine dining. Like, you know, fuck all that stuff. And uh, I was like, let's just cook food that like we want to eat. That's delicious. That's, you know, approachable. That everyone, you know, no one wanted caviar during the pandemic. No one wanted dainty plates. You know, no one wanted any of that. And that's what me and Amir knew for, I would say, most of our professional career. Um, and we were just like, let's just make it rustic. Let's, you know, I was like, let's put a dish called mom's chicken soup on the menu. Cause that's what I crave during this time, you know? Um, and so I kind of, you know, Amir's half Ashkenazi, half Sephardic, but he's from Israel. You know, I'm just from Jersey with a crazy Jewish mom. So I kind of just, you know, <laughs> took a lot of her stuff that she made me and and made it better. She actually does tell, she admits that my chicken soup is better than hers now, but not the how long. Did that, how long did that take for her to come around? <laughs> I think when I first, when we first opened and put it on the menu, she wasn't too happy about it. Um, and then now she's proud. Now she's proud of yeah. it. I think she is. Uh, she you know, actually, I'm bringing home some from Thanksgiving. Some of the, you know, traditional recipes so like my i'm jewish as well and you know my mom is really good about writing down the recipes but my grandmother uh on my mom's side and my grandmother who's still alive it's a little bit of this a little bit you know they've done these recipes for however many years so how did you go about getting these recipes from the family and then turning into something that could be executed by a, a kitchen staff i think that was a uh, pretty difficult uh part of how we kind of you know, encapsulated it, I think that the whole idea was to take these flavors and elevate them to, you know, push them as far as they can get to, um, you know, a chef driven restaurant. Um, so, you know, your mom's chicken soup, you know what you want, you want like watery chicken soup with like overcooked carrots and dried chicken and everything. And we were like, okay, how can we make it like still feel like you're at home, but like also, you know, a little more delicious than that. Um, I think also, I mean, I know that it's a Jordan question, but like, I think, you know, having family recipes processed by a professional chef, when you do it right, it's brings it like into a different level, you know, like when you keep the consistency of the same ingredients, but you just do the right steps. And that's what Jordan did with is mom's chicken soup and on the holidays we do brisket and you know like even cook some of my family <laughs> recipes that i showed him you know but like i just showed him like my family recipes i showed it to him once or i even just like well, it, told it him about it it's like he just takes it and he's doing it like he gets the flavors and what people like the comfort that people want out of it and it just create a, a system in the kitchen that keeps it consistent and just delicious and i think that you know that's like the most important thing you know yeah amir puts like a worm in my little brain that's scattered and he'll say like two sentences and make me try something and then i just kind of like run around for two days and try <laughs> and try. Can, you give, can you give a good example of that I yeah. think the lamb stuffed cabbage is a great. The lamb stuffed cabbage, Jordi Arias. Yeah, like I, you know, I don't know what half of these dishes are. You know, I think that the the best part about Sammy and Susu is that, you know, I'll make a, a typical thing that Amir's eaten his whole life, and I don't know anything about it, but he'll make me like try it or explain it to me or read a cookbook, and I just make it in this like weird, funky way, that you know, it's kind of it's delicious and it's it's just different, but it's almost it's homey, you know? Yeah. It's it's incredible. Um, was there any, is there any holy grail? Is there a dish that you still just can't crack? <laughs> uh, like can't crack in a in a way that we're still not there. We're not like touching it. I think. What do you you go first? Um, 
I mean, we we're not getting near like you know hummus or or falafel or things like that. We don't want to get controversial, you know. There's a lot of hummus fanatics. Yeah. Uh, yeah Yeah, hummus is like a really like it's either you do it the best or you don't do it at all i think our baba ganoush is pretty inconsistent (laughs) (laughs) baba ganoush yeah we need to yeah our baba ganoush is really good it's like it's better than like i would say 95 percent of the baba ganoush you will have but like i think we we definitely can can't crack the code a little sometimes. Yeah, we like sometimes it's it it so because some food also it, it takes more than just like following a recipe. It's like it just you like and it's also you can't explain it to certain you know, it's like it's it's really complicated. And yeah, it takes can. years sometimes to make something really good. And we're just in the beginning, you know, we're like in um we're about to, we're like in this upcoming June will be two years of like working together in on, on Sammy and Susu. And I think probably like we still have some years to go with certain dishes of like, until we'll feel like they're perfect. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So 2019 was the summer of the insane ship. Uh, 2020 was the summer of a pop-up and now summer 2021 uh, you're like let's open a restaurant because you know <laughs> what you know why why not so um what was the <laughs> what was the decision process into your location and uh what are you channeling into the restaurant that you you know couldn't really do with the pop-up um we we love the Lower East Side and, you know, like we feel, um, you know, it, 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 it's an historic neighborhood um, in terms of like, you know, Jordan's grandmother was born like a couple of blocks away from where Sam and Susu is right now. And my wife's uh, family was, were like, literally like, on the land, sea, and orchard, like you know, since the nineteenth century, you know, it's 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 like a lot of uh, there. There are a lot of uh, connections to that specific neighborhood, and I managed restaurants in the past also on in the Lower East Side, and we're a block away from Russ and Daughters and Katz's, and yeah, it, it, there is definitely connection to it in in that way. Um. I think, you know, what changes out from the pop-up, you know, putting everything else aside, like operations-wise, and the fact that someone can walk in into, in your door and, like, experience what you offer, you know, sometimes it's just, it's it's, a, yeah, we, you can't take it for granted that it's that easy. You know, like to have someone just come in and order your food, order like a drink um, and look at our menu and see all the things that we offer and like ask, what is this? Like, where are you guys from? What do you do? Like, it's 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 a very special and uh, it's a it's a very special experience for us. And I think that level of uh interaction with with customers it's something that you can never do with a pop-up and from a culinary perspective uh jordan how how much is the menu hewed to what was doing the pop-up and how much has it expanded since you've set down roots um it's actually pretty funny because when we were in the pop-up we had like gas and a lot more and a grill and stuff and now we have you know, three induction burners and an oven. A nice oven. Though. It's an okay. It's a nice oven. Whatever. You know, he <laughs> told me to fire up. He nice says, oven. Like, the other day, he told me he, he goes <laughs> fire up the broiler, Jordan. Start ah, start burning on. egg blends. You, need, you yeah. need to bring in your mother to tell her it's a nice oven. <laughs> um, no, it's just um, honestly to be frank, like we were at 
two restaurants during the pop-up, you know, we were at 10 bells, we were at the other bar. Um, I think being in your space makes you feel like you can do so more than you could, um, you know, during the pop-up. So expanding the menu kind of isn't about the equipment or anything. I think it's about like a lot more comfort for me. Yeah, I think. I'm wondering about the music. This is Snacky Tunes. And uh, I'm so curious, like, how you're pulling together the playlist together and what are the sounds that we are listening to when we are in the space? <laughs> this is such a controversial question right now. <laughs> no, it's not a controversial question. I mean, um, it depends on the time of the day, first of all. Um, you know, we started with very classic, like, mornings with jazz, you know, like Miles Davis and, like, you know, uh, John Coltrane. And, you know, we wanted to create it kind of like um, you come into our space, you have a cappuccino, you read the New York Times, you know, we have, like, a physical newspaper in the space, actually. And, you know, it, kind of like a classic New York cafe. Um, it's still there. We just... We play a lot of, uh, we, I mean, in the mornings, we play a lot of uh, Kevin Morby. Um, and we like Kevin Morby radio <laughs> right now. And we're building the, because we're getting ready also to um, start the dinner service. Uh, we're building the, the dinner playlist. It's not going to be a radio. It's a playlist. Um, we want to do it very New York, um, you know, from different eras that we connect to, um, you know, like um, going, uh, I mean, from like cloth types of like disco to... Um, like cool bands from Brooklyn, but keep it um, kind of like just keep it as a just like a fun vibe, but not too serious also and not too uh, not too overpowering the whole environment. I, I don't hear much controversy. In that sentence, that sounds cohesive. No, he meant He's that like in our operating agreement that I'm not allowed to. Ah, oh, come on! <laughs> there it is. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> do you, to be honest, we've done this show for 12 years, and I think there's more contention around music than there is about food serve when it comes down to it. So I you guys are just right, <laughs> right, right on track. For my dead body, you'll <laughs> <Yeah>. judge. <laughs> I think I put on. Uh, I put on the new Kanye West album the other day and Amir texted me from home because he can see our Sonos and he was like, turn this shit off right now. I mean, you know, it's you're not just eating with your uh, your mouth, you're eating with your ears. Uh, no, you know, I want people to feel like, you know, I think atmosphere is uh, one of, ambience is one of the most important things in restaurants. Oh, uh, 100%. And like, you know, if you listen to, if you hear like, a cool song from Arthur Russell or, you know, or I don't know, like um, uh, Destroyer or, you know, it, it just, it gives it a different, like you feel like you're in a different uh, place rather than something, you know, that <laughs> it is, you know, in my, in my eyes, this is just how you, I know you want to feel you want to feel cool, you know, uh, when you sit in a restaurant, and you want to to be different and special. One of the things that we've seen coming out of the pandemic is that uh, restaurants can't just rely on the regular revenue stream. It's not just you come in and serve food, uh, and you're starting to see a number of them have multiple functions. You also have a pantry and a deli within the the restaurant. Uh, 
pantry is super interesting because it's obviously, you know, you're exposing your almost your secret weapon sometime of who you get things from. How do you choose your suppliers and, and how do you work with them? Then I'll start with Jordan. Um, I mean, Amir, on a, he honestly, Amir does most of the sourcing for the um, pantry just because I think most of our products are, um, you know, very, you're, you're familiar with that I'm not. Um, uh, so I source a lot of stuff from Bonitalia because I'm, comp- I, I've worked with them for a while. Um, and I think it's, I think it's fun, like exposing your secrets. You know what I mean? Like, I think that like you put a secret weapon, a lot of people put like the secret weapon in like their sauces or their pasta and you kind of like, you feel like you're eating it and you're like, well, you know, what's that? What's that? Um, and you know, I like being like, oh, it's that, it's that on the wall, buy that and do this with it. And I think that goes with our whole concept that it's like, we're not trying to, we're trying to create like this homey environment where we're like, you can, you can take that and do this with it. And you can, you know, that's in, in this dish and that's in that dish. Um, so I think that's exciting that, you know, we're, we're kind of like, you know, explaining to our customers kind of how to use the products, what we use it in um, and how functional some of the stuff is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think also, the fact that it's on on our on the shelf and you can take it home with you, um, it doesn't necessarily that to give it up these secrets because if you take a, one of our tahinis back home with you, uh, and the, the tahini that we use uh, is actually on the shelf, um, but it's not the tahini recipe, you know, and like, I mean, we will give it to you if you really want it, by the way, but it's also, it's the touch, you know, and it's, 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 it, that's what it means. Like, I mean, if you want to spend hours and hours of doing R&D in your house and like <laughs> making the same thing you know, that we make out of that space, like, go ahead. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, tons of respect for you, but but I think at the same time, you know, like there is nothing wrong with like saying, this is the olive oil that we use. This is a tahini. This is like our, um, you know, like whatever else we have over there. But uh, it, it's it, it it's not giving up secret. It's actually just like saying, you know, give respect also to the brands that um, we use for, you know, make all of our stuff amazing uh last question um it is not often that you see a tongue sandwich on a menu and i am super appreciative of it uh i think that in all my years of dining out it is like a, a white whale that when it's there you have to you have to get it uh just take me through that journey because the the photos look so good and it will be the first thing that i'm ordering when i get to your restaurant how did it get there? Which side of the family did it come from? Who's it paying homage to? Yeah, it was kind of a weird dish I came up with. Um, it actually started, well, bringing it back when I was growing up, my, you know, grandmother, you know, my mother would bring home cold cuts of tongue rather than, you know, nowadays a lot of hot tongue, you know, like that's served hot or whatever, but I, I like it as a cold cut. Um, and when we were at 10 bells doing a pop-up, I really wanted to do a lot of offal and like stuff like that. So I came up with, you know, doing like this roasted tongue that we braised, cooled down, sliced, and then seared into like crispy bits. Um, and then when we moved and we were doing baguette sandwiches, um, I thought it would be a great idea to, you know, slice it thin, cool it down, slice it thin and put it in a sandwich. Um, but the, the sandwich makes sense. And it's funny because it sounds so weird on paper. Um, but if you think about it, it's, you know, it's fatty tongue. It's acidic anchovies that are, you know, they're, you know, marinated in olive oil and vinegar. And then you have salt from capers and kind of dill that brings it home with that like super Jewish, you know, Ashkenazi vibe. And to me, it was just a no-brainer, and then kind of we put it on the menu. It was a little slow at first, and then it kind of took off, and it yeah, you know no, it's it like sells one like of crazy our, now. Yeah, 
Amazing. Well, gents, thank you for, for joining us. Um, where can people find you? How do they get a hold of you? How do they order tongue sandwiches before they run out? <laughs> <laughs> well, they can find us at uh, One Night the Orchard in the Lower East Side and order from our website. That's the best way. Great. Uh, we are going to take another break, play a song from our archives, and we'll be back with the second half of Snacky Tunes here on HRN. Tell me that you love me, dear And you'll never, never let me go Cause even if it isn't true Oh, I promise I'll be good to you So tell me what I want to hear, oh yeah Tell me what I need to know I don't need to believe That look that's in your eyes Telling me, darling, all oh, those sweet, sweet lies. It doesn't matter, baby, if you mean what you say. Cause I'll keep on loving you, baby, in your way. Tell me what I want to hear. Whoa, tell me what I need to know. Tell me that you love me, dear. And you'll never, never let me go. Cause even if it isn't true, oh, I promise I'll be good to you. So tell me what I want to hear, oh, yeah. Tell me what I need to know. episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old-world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. We have the Pizza Underground in studio. Uh, welcome, guys. Hi. Hey, what's going Howdy. on? Um, there are five of you and then a, a self-described boyfriend of the band who's in the <laughs> back there. Um, only one not in sunglasses, which I think maybe you could let him have a pair. He's, he seems really sweet. He seems very charming. He's our eyes and ears. He has to have clear vision so the rest of us can look cool. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, so I was uh, doing some research and... Uh, it said the year that you guys formed was timeless, which is an interesting time period to uh, create a band. So maybe you can tell the story of how you all came to be. 
Um, yeah, we have, we have always existed in some form, um, but uh, in this particular mutation, we came together when we were uh, working as a delivery pizza folk and uh, all ended up delivering pizza to Mo Tucker's house on the same night and uh, burst into song simultaneously. Just instantly, yeah, yeah, without thought. We were just, we had a song in our hearts. We haven't had a thought since. Yeah, that's pretty much, we've, it's been just, you know, tunnel vision of just singing about pizza, underground styles. And what, um, what type of pizza is best enjoyed underground? Mole pizza. Yeah. You can get it really fresh. <laughs> well, it, 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 as long as we don't have any anchovies or mushrooms, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. We like Roberta's pizza. I mean, we're paying you to say that, so. And you're using well, them as your percussion, so. Touche? Yeah, Paola still, <laughs> Paola still does exist in internet radio. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. yeah actually, come to think of it, we actually haven't gotten our free pizza. Oh, just, yeah. Just, no, that, that just, comes after. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> so, I mean. It's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Pay, you, pay, you know, yeah. Pay you learn play, a few whatever, things. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Pay to eat. You learn a few things after like 170 episodes. You you, pay the, you eat, have the band eat after. There you yeah. go. Because Has anybody ever eaten Split? Uh, there was one band. Really? No, no, no. no. Okay. No. That would be- but we had an apathetic performance. Of, most bands actually don't like to eat because of uh, the dairy. That's right. a little. That's a little. Bu- behind the scenes right there. That hasn't caught up with us yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, we, we're just in it for the pizza, pretty much. So, you know, yeah. As much pizza as we can get, the better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, there's there's pizza. You you seem worried. Yes. Yeah, yes, seem... obviously. I mean, this is this has been a... We've been talking about it for the last minute. So yeah, yes. no, I know. We did put the order in three minutes <laughs> and ago. I can, so... I can see through the window people enjoying their, their za, so... This is our version of Carrot and the Stick. It's like, you know, you'll get it. Yeah. And this is like... <laughs> um, why don't we... Why don't we Crank a tune or put a tune in the oven. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. Let it Some, bake. Let it bake. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, all right. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to rock your ear holes. Live on Snacky Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Papa John says, when answering the phone, which topping should I say you want? We deliver now. Papa John says, Papa John says, and he'd like to know, he'd like to know why you give in half your pie. Toppings you hate now, but I didn't want anchovies. People called and they said no mushrooms. This pie is cold and there's mushrooms. Get them off my pie. Get them off my Six dollars 
do too much toppings these days. Cheese days. Cheese days I seem to order cheese and don't say please and then I walk away. Don't ask for pepperoni Not today I had meat lovers I don't think I'll risk another these days Cheese days Days I seem to think a lot of all the things that I left off my pie. And I wonder if I'll see another Hawaiian. Oh, it's such a pizza day. Such a pizza day, you just keep the oven on, you just keep the oven on. It's such a pizza day, I'm glad I spent it with food. Oh, such a pizza day, you just keep the oven on. Amazing. Yep. Uh, you know, just actually having this debate with someone yesterday that I cannot, well, maybe not debate, just a conversation. I cannot remember the last time that someone has ever offered me a slice of pizza and I've said no. Anybody? Mm. Like, I feel like there's al- it's always, even when pizza's bad, it's the best. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually game. I mean, if... if but if you talk to Matt over here, I'm sure if it had mushrooms on it, or anchovies, especially mushrooms. I mean, let's. let's <laughs> I think shaking may- his head, just like yeah, no, no. It's- <laughs> I think maybe more the idea. I mean, obviously, there's some toppings. I probably wouldn't eat Hawaiian. That's really, just the Hawaiian's thing. pretty good. Yeah, and sweet I'm, and salty. Yeah, I just I don't know, and I'm not a huge fan of white pizza, but just in general, like yes. just say that if you're a slice was out there, even if you're like, oh, I just came from dinner. Yeah, so it's, it's like, true. It is an it's it's an after meal kind of a food, even which yeah. is unusual. Yeah, there's no wrong time for 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 a pizza. Very know? versatile. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I've had dessert pizza before too. Like that's really pizza good. as a dessert or a dessert pizza. It's like dessert pizza, like where it's like yeah, there's sweet kind of like it's like fudge and blah blah blah. Like yeah, but it's, it's, caramelized it's, pear. Exactly, but like, it's still pizza. Yeah, it's, it's still, not like something in the shape of a pizza. No, it's still on a proper dough and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's like fudge instead of uh, you know tomato sauce. And it's, yeah. you know, how yeah, was like, it? Fantastic! Are you kidding me? Like yeah, like yeah. Was you there cheese somebody, on it? Yeah, there was some cheese. Yeah, and but it's also like some like fig or some caramelized onion kind yeah. of deal going on. Like yeah, it's you know I'm, I'm not against that. There's there's no wrong way to make a pizza really, if you ask me. But I'm even talking about like. Uh, like Elio's frozen pizza from when you were in college, like even that, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is this will do. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's never there's no wrong pie. Essentially, is what we're trying to get at. Do you guys have favorite places in in the city or even from hometown? Yeah, um, yeah, we're big fans of uh, Joe's on Carmine. It's mm-hmm. really good pizza, and I was really excited they opened up one on Fourteenth Street, but they still won't deliver to us. So one of these days. If you're listening, yeah, (laughs) listen, Joe's. Um, Is it? And I feel like there's some story about Joe's where it's like it's one of like the older pizza places in in the area. Uh, But it says on the box since 1975. I'm sure there's some older places. Maybe I'm not thinking about Joe's. Maybe I got to write my place. You guys would be the pizza expert. Here you go. There it is. Oh my god. Pizza, 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 pizza. Do you guys want to take a a quick second to have a slice? Yeah. Should we have a slice on air? Let's do this. Very rarely do we eat on air, but I feel like this seems like the appropriate time. It's hot as shit. Yeah. I mean, we eat on air all the time. This is a food show. Uh, I mean, we try to keep it pretty professional. Okay, yeah. Woo, hot. Yeah, it's really hot. 
It yeah, you can just put idea. it down. It was a yeah. bad idea to hang down. it around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh my god, I'm yeah. dying for a pie. I know, I need yeah. these. When's the last time you guys had a slice? This oh, afternoon. This afternoon. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we were testing the there's no bad pizza earlier. We, yeah. uh, we had some day yeah. old pizza that was. Yeah, it was pretty. It, it tasted a day old. Yeah, and we had to eat it. Like yeah, we like had to eat mm. it. Why did just like out of a responsibility? Um, you want to get in there? Yeah, I want to get in. Wow, yeah. that's delicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. All right. Um. um even day old. No, we were doing some on camera kind of stuff. Like, oh, okay. you know, yeah, and so, uh, but it was a little, uh, it was it a would, little iffy. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely did challenge the, you know, all pizza is good kind of thing. But it, uh, it would be funny if one of you actually hated pizza, and this was just like <laughs> a very good piece of performance art to see how much pizza you could force someone to. No, I mean, we're mm-hmm. just in it for the pizza. I mean, forget the, uh, you know, getting on radio shows and so forth. I mean, like, yeah, like everything else is just gravy or pizza sauce, really. I mean, if it makes you feel better, I feel like most bands that come on the show do it for, they end up having a good time, but most of them, it's like, do we get free pizza? It's like, well, yes, like, we'll be there on Oh, no, Sunday. not this specific show. I'm talking about in general. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rolling Stones, you know, knocking on our door, but like, yeah, like, where's the pizza, though? You know, I mean, do the, are you going to require, <laughs> I know even another radio show, are you going to require they have pizza there for you guys? Yes, that's the writer. You know, yeah, that's that's it. That's just one line. Just pizza. one line. Yeah, pizza. No mushrooms, right? Yeah, no anchovies. No, no mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how often are anchovies really a fact? Mushrooms, yes, but like, very. I think you have to go out your way to get like anchovies on a pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's better to be specific. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You never know. And make like, sure they're paying attention. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anchovies are your like brown M and M's. Yeah, green M and M's. The green M and M's. Yeah. Okay. If they're anchovies, we know that the setup is going to be wrong. We're going to have to redo everything on stage. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. what if you happen to go to a place in a town on a, a major tour, and they get from pizza place, and they're known for the anchovy pizza? Would you be rude, or would you just politely pick? I mean, how would you? I have plenty of time for anchovies. I I would take it for the team. If nobody else wanted it, I feel like I could put down an anchovy pizza if I believed in myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's nothing I won't eat on a and pizza. And you do, right? Totally. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of draw the line when a pizza toppings become more salad and less pizza mm-hmm. toppings. Mm-hmm. When, like, you're like... Oh, when it's not even cooked, when it's just, like, chopped up romaine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it needs to be incorporated into the whole thing. Sometimes it happens that, a lot you know, in Europe, you know? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I think it's kind of refreshing sometimes, though. Like, I feel like when I've been on tour in Germany and we eat a lot of, you know, just sort of giant bowls of meat and cheese and then a little arugula on top yeah. is like welcome mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a little the only vegetable little I have for uh-huh. weeks yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the only green uh, the only greenery well I, I want to get you guys another song but um, you guys got pizza in your hands so uh, what what comes next for the pizza underground oh uh, what's there not next I mean seriously what are we not doing as a band I think we're <laughs> opening for Billy Joel for all of his shows uh, forever forever <laughs> Forever. I mean, yeah, we were surprised he asked us in a way, but but you, you know, look at him and look at you like that guy. Likes you pizza. look at him, yeah, that guy likes pizza. <laughs> that dude likes pizza. <laughs> but the only problem is that you probably, considering it's Madison Square Garden, you'd have to eat Madison Square Garden pizza. Uh, and generally, I will actually I have to say, stadium pizza is the worst pizza. That is pretty bad. It is like really. Somehow they figured out. Don't how you to think put they would bring us in good pizza if we're if we're the opening act? I bet we could. I don't know. Opening, opening act. You know, you never. It could go either way for an opening act. I would freak out. Well, we, we'll talk to BJ about it. We'll just we'll talk to BJ about it. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure he understands. Yeah, we can figure something yeah. out. You know, yeah, he'll understand. Uncle Bill knows. Yeah, we'll call Joe's or something. He'll yeah. Call, you know, yeah, one of those gruppas. He'll probably bring you like a nice pie from like he's probably got a favorite pizza spot. Probably somewhere like he probably has a lot of favorite pizza spots. Yeah, probably Long Island. <laughs> that probably, but I would say probably bring it in. He's like, I got a spot. Yeah, yeah we could helicopter yeah. that in. Yeah, yeah. he's playing. Yeah. I mean, one show, one show. For, that's an unbelievable deal forever. Yeah. It's like the best. It's the it's the best, and then you're gonna get people who's like, mm, show fifty three wasn't as good as show you know nineteen. But <laughs> Prince did twenty one nights at the Forum in um, L A a couple years, and people went to every single night. Wow. Yeah, that's you know committed fans. <coughs> that's commitment. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. commitment. That's something. That yeah, it, it, you know what? We'll leave it at that. Something. That's certainly something. Yeah. Um, so if people want to buy your one song or your demo, where can they go? Uh, they can they can get it for free. Mm. We, as as Max said, we are in it for the pizza and not the money. So if anybody <laughs> wants to download it, they can go to our Bandcamp page and uh, they can have it. And they can put whatever they want on it. And if uh, someone wants to send you guys a pizza, where could they send a pizza or a coupon? Hmm. That's a really good question. We need a P.O. box, guys. 
Mm-hmm. That'd be it. <laughs> you, you need a, a pizza box. box. Yeah. Ah, mm. Well done. Well done. Oh, gosh. The pizza underground at gmail.com. Great. Yes, and a pie there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In- internet pie. Uh, great. All right, so you're going to take us out with one more medley. Okay. Uh, and then we have Radical Dads uh, who are going to be playing live and uh, talking about a soda magazine that they just created, which is awesome. Wow. Thanks for coming by. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.